0: This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Wapwollopin, Faith, Stairville, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Wapwollopin. We hope to see you soon. There we go. I lost my sermon for a moment there. How is the word? Well, today begins our 28 day journey using the book Dynamite prayer um, and, and again it's 28 days uh, there's 31 days in the month so if you happen to miss a day you can easily catch up um, but we begin today focusing on Ephesians chapter 3 verses 16 through 19. It's a little tricky uh, to actually to, to preach on the book because the book kind of it's 28 days so there's 28 different kind of topics. Um, so, it's, so it's a little tricky, but I encourage you, if you haven't, to pick, them up, uh, pick one up for me. Like I said, we're, we're discounting them through the mod team, so they're only like $5. Um, but today's scripture, we see Paul writing to the people in Ephesus, um, the Ephesians. And in these verses, we see him praying this prayer for the people. But before I get it, I want to ask you, what does your prayer life look like? Now, if you're sitting here and you're like, well, prayer life, what's that? I don't know. You know, do you, do you pray regularly or do you just pray when you're in trouble? Because a lot of people um, pray, um, but they tend to pray more desperately when, when there's a need, when someone's sick, when something's happening for a new job, different things that are going on. Um, as the as the old saying goes, there are no atheists in foxholes. You've heard that one from war. Um you know, I, I've heard of people who, who don't believe praying as a last resort. It, it happens when, when you feel desperate. And it's interesting that when we're desperate, God's the first person we turn to. Um, we saw that whenever there's a national tragedy. September 11th, churches were full. You know, that was years ago, but um, that's what happens. But if you, if you can't say you pray regularly, it is my hope that the next 28 days you'll try. I'm not expecting perfection. That's the other struggle that I think a lot of people have is I'm going to pray every day, and then you miss a day, and then you miss a week because you feel guilty because you missed a day, and then you missed a week, and then you feel guilty, so you miss a month. Try it. You miss a day, pick it back up the next day. God's going to be like, oh, you missed Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to listen on Wednesday. Um, Give it a try. Um, That's my encouragement. And see what might happen. Um, But if you do pray regularly, um, you know, regularly could be every day. It could be a few times a week. Um, but what does that look like? Um, what, what do your prayers look like? Because prayers are Paul's prayers for the Ephesians um, were very specific, but they, they probably don't look much like our prayers. Um, you'll notice his prayers don't contain the common things ours do. Um, you don't see a prayer any anywhere in Paul's prayers for them. Is there anything physical, anything that's measurable, physical? Um, you don't see prayers for healing. You don't see prayers for money or finances or for freedom from struggles or, or you know, anything like that. Um, see, most of the time, our prayers relate to the physical world because it's the physical struggles that we deal with. It's the here and now. It's it's these things that tend to be the things that, that get us caught up. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm not here to say, well, you prayed for somebody. Shame on you. Um, There's nothing wrong with that because we even read in Philippians uh, 4, 6, and 7 that we're supposed to be presenting our requests to God. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just in with Paul's prayers um, as a reminder that we should be praying for the things of a spiritual nature as well. Um, Have you ever considered that a lot of the things that occupy our prayers eventually won't be a concern anymore Uh, in a day a week, a month, a year from now, some of the things that we pray for won't be something that we find ourselves concerned with. Down there. How many times have you heard of people praying for a relationship and the years? Like, oh, thank God, God didn't answer that one. Holy cow, dodged the bullet there. Um, I'm not speaking from experience. So I'm not going to just say. But uh, the things of a spiritual nature, though, these things are the eternal things. These are the things that never go away. So as Paul is praying uh, – well, the other thing is uh, our, our, our reading today – I didn't work it into the sermon, so I want to mention it. Today's reading talks about um, the idea of when we pray about being overwhelmed by God, uh, the idea that, that, that our relationship with God should overwhelm everything else. And so um, a lot of times when we look at the things of this world – um, my prayer would be that, that our relationship with God would be so overwhelming that everything else pales in comparison. I think that's where they're going. But the first thing we see Paul praying for today is power. Um, he says this. He says, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. How powerful do you feel today today? How powerful did you feel when you woke up this morning and you took that personal inventory of all of the aches and pains that you have? <laughs> or you had to do that extra little whale roll to get out of bed? You know what I'm talking about. Or ask for help, grab a hold of the wall. The, you know. How powerful do you feel? Because we often equate power with physical strength. You know, We think of power, we think of the rock. You know. He's big and brute or Jason Momoa or one of these guys. Or we think of somebody that's influential or somebody that has power or, or you know, somebody has money and influence. We think about how big you are, how important you are, how, how wealthy you are. But Paul is talking about an entirely different kind of power, that, that power that, that comes through here, that comes from here through our faith in Christ. The word for power in the Greek is dunamis, and it's where the word dynamite comes from. And I love that thought. Could you imagine having God's power in you like as this dynamite? Not that you have a short fuse and you're going to go off at any moment because I know something, you know, not that, but that we're going to have this like this, this power, this because because di- power actually is uh, dynamite means or dunamis means power, potential or ability. So could you imagine you have this potential inside of you, this power? And Paul is praying for the people of Ephesus in the midst of their struggles and everything they deal with to have this inner strength through power of the Holy Spirit working in them and through Jesus living in their hearts because of their faith. Now, the, the struggle that we often have, as Methodists tend to, tend to live up here a lot, don't we? Except for Teresa, when we sing praise and worship songs. But for the rest of us, uh, we tend to live up here. Like our, our, our faith is a heady one. Um, we, we think a lot about our faith, but I think sometimes we struggle to feel. I think this is going to sound weird, but I think sometimes the worship songs, the things that we do when we feel those emotions, that's good for us. Because sometimes we struggle to feel what we think. And so it's that idea of that inward, inward sort of power in there. Like, like, how would you like to have that kind of power available to you? Just that inner strength that no matter what's going on around you, um, you know, that you still have that peace, that, that, that feeling that, that God is in control, that inner inner power. Knowing that no matter what happens, God's going to help you make it through. But see, the thing is we have this power available to us. All we have to do is get plugged in, and that's where prayer comes in. Um, and that's what the next 20 days are supposed to do. And if, and if you're one that you say, like, well, I struggle to pray or I don't like to read or I don't know if I want to do it, I would encourage you to try it. Give it a shot. Even if you don't want to read the book just for the next 28 days, just pray um, and just wake up in the morning and just say a prayer. Um, but again, pray for the inner strength. Don't be praying for your finances, your you know, or, and those kinds of things. But be praying that God will strengthen you. Um, and, and even even if you want to use Paul's prayer and just go through what Paul says, if you don't want to read the book, pray to what Paul says for power, for for passion. We'll, we'll get to those things. But give it a try because it's it's my belief that this physical world is what keeps us from reaching our true potential. Like like I said a minute ago, it's the overwhelm. We feel overwhelmed by the world, so we let the world overwhelm our faith. And it should be the other way around. Our, our, our faith should overwhelm this world. We should be overwhelmed by God's power so that the things of this world are like, eh, it's no big deal. It is what it is, you know, instead of stressing about it. Because I think this world is such a distraction from our spiritual lives. And I think that we do get so caught up in this that we ignore that. And so our prayers become limited to what we see around us and we ignore our praying for the things that are of the eternal nature. The second thing that Paul prays for is passion. And often when we think passion we think of those it's about that time of year when all of the Christmas movies are going to come out on the Hallmark network and some city girl is going to go back to her hometown and meet some hunk with like you know a beard and flannel shirts and blue jeans. He drives an old old beat up truck or jeep or whatever. He usually has a dog too. Um, no. And somehow he's single, I don't know, it's a miracle. But, um, but we think about passion, we think of that kind of stuff. But, but what are you passionate about? What is something, and I don't mean the thing that makes your heart go pitter patter, but what are you passionate about? Um, one of the things I'll never understand are, you know that we, we see people that are passionate, there's certain hobbies that people are passionate about that I don't get. Um, I don't, I, I'm so thankful that I did not marry into a family that runs marathons or triathlons <laughs> on the holidays. Sorry, Janet. Luckily, you don't have to get stuck doing that. But, but that's not my thing. But people that are passionate about things. It is, it is now that time of year when Sunday afternoons, uh, we see people put on a jersey or they paint their faces or put on weird costumes and they're passionate. Uh, you, know, you see them get upset and actually run their $500 television because they throw the remote at it because their team lost. And people say things like, boy, we really. Well, no, first of all, it's we did a play, we played a great game. If they lose, it's like, boy, they were terrible today. That kind of changes depending upon whether you win or lose. But it's that time of year. What if we had that kind of passion? And now, this is not an invitation. I don't want Gatorade dumped over my head when the sermon's good. Um, <laughs> but, but what if we had that kind of passion? Um, you know, what if we, we came to church that excited to be here and we're like, yeah, God, you know, this is great. But again, we tend to live up here sometimes, a little too much. And we let what's up here get in the way of what's in here. So what are you passionate about? Paul continues in his prayer in verse 17 when he says, I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. Knowledge. Can you imagine a love like that? See, our passion should come from understanding what God has done for us. It should come from the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And you hear me talk constantly about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, those things. We can have those things to a limited amount without the Holy Spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit that really sort of opens up that power, that a new avenue to us. Um, love is probably the best example of that. You can love someone, but the, but there's this agape love, this unconditional love, and our love tends to be kind of like this: I love you, but right now I want to strangle you. Somebody popped into your head, admit it. But <laughs> elbows. Um, but but the love of God is is not is not conditional. It doesn't come with conditions. It's unconditional. And it's only achieved through the role of the Holy Spirit, but we often equate God's love with human love. And so we think that God's love ebbs and flows like ours. We think God gets mad at us and doesn't love us anymore, but that's not the truth. God may be disappointed with us, but God doesn't stop loving us. And as a matter of fact, God loves us so much that our little measly brains can never comprehend it. Like I could never imagine giving my children for any of you, I love you, but I couldn't imagine that. I can't imagine asking my kids to sacrifice their lives for someone else. And I bet most of you couldn't either. And I think once we truly understand the length and width, the depth and height of God's love, that love that surpasses our our human ability to, to comprehend it, how could we not be passionate about our faith, how could it not just sort of bubble out of us and and that passion should overflow like if we are passionate about our faith people are going to be able to look at us and say boy they they really really love god boy their faith is really important but sometimes we tend to to keep our faith under the surface we keep it and i'm not saying you have to walk around beating people over the head or um you know oh, doing a constant but people are just it's just going to flow out of you uh, things are going it's just people are going to know and CBC so Paul's final prayer is found in verse 19 when he says, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What does it mean, the, the fullness of God? It's being so filled with the Spirit from head to toe that it overflows and it overwhelms us and the ones around us. It becomes contagious to everybody that comes in contact with us. It's, it's, I saw this saying, it's, it's like being so full of Christ that if a mosquito bites you, it flies away singing, there's power in the blood. You know, it's just, it's overflowing. And can we say that? Or have we let this world take such a toll on us that we've lost our passion for our faith and let the world beat us down? It's quenched our spirit. See, being being filled with the fullness of God means we're whole. That means God completes us, not... Renee Zellweger, remember that, you complete me. Um, no one, nothing else is gonna complete us because I'll be honest, if you're looking for something in this world to complete you, you're always going to be incomplete. But if you are, com- let God and, and, and the Holy Spirit work in you, that's where we'll become whole and holy. The Spirit will work in us and get rid of those things that don't belong there. We'll be made complete through our faith in Christ and not anything else. We're not gonna be made complete by a relationship or a job or a position or a title or a bank account. We'll be complete because of our faith in Christ and the Spirit working in us. So as we begin this journey, I wanna encourage us to be open and honest, not necessarily with each other, you can, but to be honest with yourself and with God about where you are. Talk to God, say, God, you know, I've I've, I've been doing this church thing, I've been serving for years, but I, I know that, It's not really gotten into here. And be honest about that. And so ask the question, can you say that you tap into God's power every day or do you rely on yourself? Or do you find yourself running on empty because of what's happening in the world around you and because you're trying to do it all yourself without God's help? Do you you have a passion for your faith or does your passion lie with something else, something in this world? Are you filled with, with the Holy Spirit, or are you full of something else? That didn't really go the, the way I intended it. But you know, are, are, you, are you finding fulfillment in the wrong places? Are you trying to find fulfillment in places and things that can never fill you? Do you feel incomplete because you're lacking something from this world, and you're not seeking that completeness from your relationship with God? See, we have this eternal source of inner power available. This dynamite. Could you imagine if if all of a sudden, like that dynamite, we just sort of, that power came in and and all of a sudden we just exploded out of us. What could we do as churches? What could we do as Christians? Because we have a God that loves us more than we could ever fathom. And we have the ability to live lives whole and holy, being made complete in him and not anything of this world. So let us not settle for anything less than what God has in store for us. Let us pray. Dear God, we come to you today. As we begin this journey, we ask that you would walk with us and that you would come and fill us and complete us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.